All right, welcome back to the big program. Uh, just after 8 o'clock, as we await to hook up with uh, Mark Spector from Rogers Sportsnet. Maybe we'll go two for two, Eddie. It's just going to be you and I for like two hours straight here. I might need you to stay for hours three the whole four. Show. Everyone else will blow us off today. Hey, we're good. We're making it happen. No problemo, yeah. Text in. Let us know how we're doing. Uh-huh. Uh, here's, one, here's a text, and we talk about this with uh, football a lot. This comes from Dean. Getting off the subject a little, Kevin, why can't Saturday games be bumped up one hour? For example, the first game could be at four, then the last game, the late game at seven. Well, I would just say, how about leave the Eastern time at seven, so five hour time, and have the Oilers game start at seven instead of eight. Instead of having a doubleheader every, if you want to watch that other, there everyone has all these channels. Yeah, it's the same with the CFL, and we'll talk about the CFL schedule a bit as well too. But well, and we're so advanced nowadays too; they don't let you miss any action. So if there's some good action going on in the game, you know they're going to put a small box on the screen and show you if a game's Underst- an OT or something. Yeah. And we understand the fact that you want to have both games on, but on a game like again, let's just say it's Tuesday night, Connor Bedard. Connor McDavid. If that game starts at seven, more people out east are going to watch that game than having it at eight. They're probably tuned out to, for the third period of the first game because it's already ten o'clock. Do you remember a few years ago when uh, I forget who it was? He he was calling two games at once on TV. <laughs> no, I don't. I'll have to look it up. Yeah, the way the the broadcast worked out, he was like switching back and forth, mm-hmm. and he was calling both games at once. It was crazy. Time now for On the Mark, powered by Booster Juice. Uh, visit a location today to refuel, refresh, and re-energize or download the new Booster Juice Rewards app to earn, order, and enjoy. Let's uh, welcome in Mark Spector from Rogers Sportsnet. Good morning, uh, St. Mark. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? It's Friday. Yeah, it's, baby. it's been a great day so far. Mm-hmm. Solid, solid hour. We solid had about day, 80 million texts to get rid of Skinner, bring up Rodrigue. Oh, that's the solution. <laughs> it's something, isn't it? Eh? After you know, Skinner was uh, for seven games, seven wins in the eight-game streak. He was uh, one seventy goals against and nine thirty-five save percentage. But lets two bad ones into the third, and everyone wants to run him out of town again. Yeah, it has a bad period. So, hey, listen. So here's, I mean, the, it just all happened in the perfect storm. The guy at the other end who happens to be the best goalie probably in the world, mm-hmm. right? Vasilevsky would hold the mantle of the best goalie in the world, is stopping, would they change the shots? So would he stop, 53 pucks last night? Yes, 57-24 uh, shots, finally. Yeah, so he stops 53 pucks, and at the very same time, your guy who has two real good periods has a crappy third period and you lose. And sure, it was the goalie's fault. The goalie came out and told you it was his fault. And yeah, it stings, right? Everybody knows the goalie situation is considered the Achilles heel here in Edmonton. And it just was exacerbated last night and everybody's freaking out. <laughs> so I get it. I get it. Um, what did you make uh, last night in the sense of, you know, Steven Stamko scored four goals, first time ever, and he wasn't even considered for the first star. <laughs> it wasn't even a debate. And, <laughs> you know, isn't that, I mean, when's that happened before? Well, yeah, who won the game, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the Oilers, I listen, Vasilevsky was just unbelievable. And mm-hmm. every once in a while you get goalied, and the Oilers did last night. That game should have been, uh, you know, I mean, I, I think, uh, how about we look at it this way? 
Skinner gives his team a 934 for seven games. They won, I mean, coming into this game, four of their previous five games, I believe they'd allowed one goal in the game. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, if you're going to crap on Skinner for how he played last night, I think he deserves some credit for all those one-goal games. One of them was uh, Pickard, but still. Mm -hmm. So maybe last night you should say that the shooters with 57 shots – Maybe that game should have been six to three going in the third period. Maybe the maybe it's up to you know why are we blaming a goalie when the shooters had fifty shots at this guy that they couldn't score on? Maybe it's time for the the shooters to carry the goalie for a night. What about that? So here's been the ongoing conversation this morning with Skinner. Do you go back to him tomorrow or do you give Pickard the start? Um, I probably go back to him. Like he didn't, he didn't have a bad game. He had a bad five minutes. You know, I thought he made some really big saves in a game when he wasn't seeing many pucks. I thought in the first, near the last half of the second period, he made a couple unbelievable stops. So I'm going back to Skinner because he played. Like I say, I'm not looking at him and saying, "Oh, he's tired out. He's played too much." He had a bad, you know, seven minutes, let in two goals. Uh, so yeah, I'll go back to Skinner for sure. What do you guys do? I said I would have played Pickard because, like, that's how my mindset was. Um, but then after I heard what Skinner said after the game, you know, I, I said Chris Knobloch has a little decision to make. Maybe he goes back to the guy. Uh, you know, it's the old Top Gun thing, throw him back up there. But I wouldn't be surprised if Pickard plays either. I mean, I'm fine with either decision. I would roll him back out there, just like I've been saying, get that taste out of his mouth. He played a good game, except for, like you said, Spec, seven minutes. So you want to get that yuckiness out of your mouth, and he's probably hungry to get back out there. Yep. What else? Yep, caught, what, I agree. I yeah. Think. What else caught your eye last night in the game spec? Well, I thought the oil. I mean, give the oil. The oil played very well. They're down two nothing early. Uh, you know, a, a power play snipe by Stamkos mm. and a rebound goal, and uh, they fought back. They took that game over. You know, there's like it's like Drysaddle said, you win that game eight or nine times out of ten if you keep playing it over and over. So I, I don't see, you know, other than the two goals you don't like, I don't see much wrong with the way the Oilers played last night. You get 57 shots on a, on a good team. Um, you know, I guess they didn't finish as well as they should have, but uh, <laughs> that's all I got to complain about. That's a pretty solid hockey game, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Uh, Darnell Nurse with the shorthanded goal kind of got things rolling last night and you know, uh, he's been very, very good this year. I mean, people can't deny that. What did you make of his play last night? Yeah, he's been really good. It's awesome that he gets a shorthanded goal. I'm not – I never really work offense into his game. I don't think that's an important part of it. But I guess I'd say to you that his offensive forays this year, he's making better choices. He's not – you're not getting caught near, you know, and, and near as much. He's making the right play with the puck when he gets there, so that he's he's not. We're not looking at him chasing a two-on-one going the other way very often anymore. So that's good. Uh, but for him, it's defensively. How's he playing in his own zone? And he's been unbelievable. He he's been a lot of the reason why they're putting up a lot of games with one goal against. Nurse has a big hand in that, and that to me is what they're paying him for. It's. Mm-hmm. They got lots of guys to score goals and get points. I don't care if Nurse gets any points. He needs to be a brick wall in his own zone, and that's what he's been a lot of nights this year. He's been awfully, awfully good. What do you boys think of the uh, the fourth line and the play of the fourth line? They've been creating a lot of opportunities, producing a bit, but mm-hmm. chances galore. 
I'll go let you go spec first. I've got just well, one point on this. Go ahead. Well, the the you know what? I think it's the the bigger picture around this fourth line for me, you guys, is this is an example of how it's a weird sport hockey. Eddie, like foot uh, football, it's the same. I know it, obviously the emotions heighten and the important heightens for in November, but it's the, they play the same game and you can have the same success in June as you do in November. It's the same game. In hockey, the Oilers have a really small fourth mm-hmm. line. And during the season, that fourth line, they got a lot of skill and they're popping in some goals and, and they're pretty good. I love what they're doing, right? They're helping you win. But I think we all know that in the in in April, May, and June, that line's too small. Yeah. That line's not going to help you win near as much. They're just going to be trying to survive in the playoffs. So a line that we like today and a line that's fulfilling its mandate and all these guys are playing well – I'm here to tell you, you can't go in the playoffs in a line where Sam Gagne is the biggest guy, can you? (laughs) Um, The thing that I noticed last night, Spec, is in the second period, uh, Chris Knobloch uh, got caught with the fourth line out there. Cooper made a change uh, and had the first line out there. Kucherov was out. But the fourth line held its own. And actually, James Hamlin ended up drawing a penalty on that shift when it was first line Tampa against fourth line. You can't deny their try. You can't deny how hard they play and you can't deny how smart they play because if ever there's an opportunity to push the puck forward and advance it, the fourth line does it. They don't try to look around. Maybe I'll make this play that's 50-50, 60-40, maybe even 70-30. They will make the play that is 100% that you're not going to get caught. You're not going to leave a teammate a line mate out of position where he doesn't have the affordability to get back and help mm-hmm. out his defense as the high guy in the offensive zone. They don't do anything dumb. But again, I agree with you, Spec. Uh, the fact that, you know, between the three of them, that's not a lot of beef on there for sure. Mm-hmm. It, it, to me, it's interesting because, and I do agree with both of you guys, you need to get bigger, heavier, especially come crunch time. But you're not going to get to the playoffs. You're not going to get on a nine-game or eight-game win streak without the fourth line. So it's you need these guys now, but then it, it's you need to make the change down the road too. So they're really, in my opinion, they're really fulfilling what they need to do. But yeah, you guys are right. They got to get they got to get a little bit thicker down the road. So where does it all go? So Holloway's going to come back. Mm-hmm. So either Holloway can be a fourth-line guy or he goes to the third line and a guy like Yanmark comes down. So he's a little bigger and a little better. Then you say, I mean, McLeod hadn't been very good this year. You can't go in the playoffs with McLeod as your third-line center. He's probably going to be my fourth-line center unless something changes in his game. So Holland's got to go find himself a third-line center. Uh, And I guess McLeod can be your fourth-line center. He's bigger. He doesn't play very big, but he's bigger. Mm-hmm. So maybe when the playoffs start, you got only one of those guys left. Maybe you got Ryan with Yanmark and McLeod, and your third line has Holloway up on it. And now you're a little bit bigger for sure. Uh, I'm not sure McLeod makes that fourth line better. However, is he better? Is he doing better than what Gagne's doing right now? I'm not sure that he is. Well, the other thing too is, I really think Holloway's going to get. He has to be healthy, but Holloway's going to get a good look here to be a top six guy, if you want to include how the lines were before they switched the centers. Before they switched Drysaddle and McLeod, I wouldn't be surprised if Brown comes down because he's just not he's not scoring. And someone, it could be Holloway, it could be Fogel, 
Could well, very well be Janmark. Someone is going to get another look in there in that sixth hole unless they make a, a, a deal and find another guy in that sixth hole. Yeah, I don't see them going out and finding Look, Eminem's got five really good top six players, right? You know, they got the top line with, with Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, and um, who's on the right side of that line? Hyman. Yep. And then they've got Drysaddle, and they got New, uh, they've got Kane. Kane. Five legit top six players. Nobody in the cap system has six guys. If you're telling me that you're going to expend capital to go out and find another top six guy, nobody has it. You can't. You can't afford it. They got to spend that money on the bottom six on the defense. Maybe a goalie. Let's see. But trying to to, to turn to another top six player here is redundant almost. You got to find a guy to put in that six slot. You're right, Kev. Yeah. I don't know who it's going to be. It's got to be somebody. But you're not going out and finding another top six player. Around here. I just don't see it. I think you know Holloway's going to be given every opportunity to yeah sure to, to to seize that job to take it and run with it because he has enough talent enough speed enough ability he just has well, to play the game smart as he's smart seize it he's got to play the game as smart as a guy like Yanmar. Well, good luck. He's no. a young player who hasn't played much. Well, right? You got to figure it out, man. All well, that's a guy I was going to talk about too is Yanmar. Like man, he is so sneaky good. Mm-hmm. He really is. Yeah, he is. But he's sneaky good in a bottom six role. Like, yeah. you get Yanmark here to help you with your depth forwards, and that's because he's such a good one. And, yeah, he can give you a game or two up top in the top six, but but you're if you're going to take him and make him a top six player, that's, that's not who you're he probably going to, in the end, be disappointed. That's not what he is. He's really good at what he does. You should just let him do what he does. What's on the go uh, in spec land for the weekend besides tomorrow night's game? Oh, I got a game tomorrow night. Yeah, I got to practice today. Uh, I think uh, I think Saturday is a pierogi making day here with Christmas coming. What? So, okay, yeah, what what kind are you making? Uh, Shalka makes uh, her own pierogies. What do you mean, what kind? They're potato. Wow. wow. <laughs> what do you mean? There's many <laughs> kinds, spec. What do you mean, what kind? Well, sauerkraut pierogies. I make my own sauerkraut spec. I make my own sauerkraut for the pierogies. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we'll make any sauerkrauts this weekend, but Shaka does make them. I'm just the labor. Do you put like? I I bet you're. Are you putting? Are you putting cheese whiz in your potatoes? Is that what you're doing, spec? No, no, no. Hey, look. If Shaka heard you say that, she'd come (laughs) through the radio and give you a slap. (laughs) Uh, How many are you gonna make? okay, Okay, you're and I. Is this going to be tomorrow afternoon or Sunday? Uh, no, we'll do it tomorrow. We'll probably do the potatoes tonight. We'll go out to the lake, do yeah. the potatoes tonight, get up in the morning and start making them. I don't know. We only don't need to make 700 progies tomorrow. We'll probably make about three, 400. Okay. That'll be plenty. Take take a couple pictures, send them to me. Oh, yeah. Okay. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good weekend, big guy. See you, Speck. All right, boys. Have a great weekend. That was On the Mark, energized by Booster Juice. Get the boost you need at Booster Juice. Do you think Kenny Reed woke up in time today? <laughs> <laughs> Kenny Reed was on till midnight. He's got a two-hour two buffer. So. Two o'clock Eastern. He was there. He was there. We'll see if he's a pro's pro. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny Reed will join us from Rogers Sportsnet right after the break. Kevin Carey, Eddie Steele on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Uh, well, if that isn't Kenny Reed intro music, what is? Time now for our headliner of the day brought to you by Mr. Reuter. 
At Mr. Rooter, they only employ the finest organic grain-fed free-range plumbers. For all your plumbing needs, go to mrrooter.c as we welcome in Ken Reed from Rogers Sportsnet. Good morning, Ken. Hey, Kev. My brother was in a crap band in college. They played a house party, uh-huh. and they had to play Song 2 by Bloor because it was one of the only 15 songs they knew. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a great tune. Well, I, had, I was thinking, you know, when I got the lineup and the Duke says and, and Slats said that we had Ken Reed on, I was like, did Ken write another book, or why is he coming on? What's going on? Did you write another one that I wasn't aware of just for the Christmas season, or what? No, no. I just got the call last <laughs> night, and when you guys call, when Brad calls, oh. give me the tap. It's go time, buddy. You know what it's like. You're an old junior A player. Yeah? You get the tap. You got to go. <laughs> um, and you worked till, like, midnight, well, 2 in the morning, Eastern time last night. I got home at 12.36 a.m. last night, yeah, so yeah. You know, just get special for you. Yeah, uh, exactly. Man, we, a great way to start my day. We appreciate it. You must be taking today off or something. Uh, I am, actually, actually, <laughs> yeah. I am. Very, uh, good. Very good. Well, you know, Eddie Steele and I were just talking, and I said, Eddie, did you ever have you ever talked to Ken over the years? And he said, yeah, you guys have chatted a little bit. Eddie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, over the years, for sure, we spoke when uh, when you were back out here, and yeah, I, there's been a lot of a uh, lot of hits for me over the years. Not 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 football hits, <laughs> media hits, right? Yeah. <laughs> media hits, yeah. A little CTE action going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of football hits oh. too. A lot of football hits too. So, how many games were you watching last night, Ken? Besides the Oilers game. Okay, so I started the night watching the the, the Leafs game, yeah. which was insane. Then I split my eyes between the Flames and the Oilers, uh, but that would be about it. Uh, so the three, I got the three on the go last night because there was only there was only one seven Eastern start, so I had mm-hmm. a nice easy night at work. And then I kind of looked at the Vancouver game a little too. Did but, you watch? Uh, did you watch any of the uh, Thursday night football game, or was that just so laughable? You were going, ah. Whatever. I heard guys saying how brutal it was, so yeah. I didn't watch it at all. No, fifty six yeah. something last I heard. <laughs> so is the uh, I got to ask Ken is the parade route planned in Toronto yet or what? Oh God, Eddie, if they're planning a parade, I don't know what the parade's for. Like maybe a St. Patrick's Day parade or something. But <laughs> this team just has no commitment to defensive hockey, like. Honest to God, like last night was, as a guy that's not a Leafs fan, it was awesome to watch. It was entertaining as hell. But, again, there's no way in hell that that's going to work mm-hmm. in the spring. And it's just, it's hilarious because this group just doesn't seem to get it. Like, they just don't seem to get that you can't do this. And it's not one of those things, I think, that where they can just turn a switch and turn it on to play that type of hockey in the playoffs. It's just not in them. It's just it's just not there, and there's no way you can play this type of style and win in the playoffs. Look, I, I, it's the same thing I said the last few years. I wish you could. It's entertaining hockey. As, as fans, we'd be way better off if you could play like this and win, but you can't. And it's it's uh, well, you know, I like my tunes. Cab, it's kickstart. It's uh, Motley Cruel, same old situation here in Edmonton because they just won't adjust. And it's river hockey, and it's awesome to watch, but it's just not the type of hockey that wins in the spring. Ken Reed with us, Roger Sportsnet, Kevin Carius, Eddie Steele on Sports 1440. You know, I wanted to ask you this too, Ken, because when you mentioned you're not a Leafs fan per se, but um, as you know, when we are broadcasting and doing highlights, doing this, doing that, and being in the business, there are some guys in the business that you can see that are, you know, kind of in the Leafs' corner. 
Let's just yeah. say that. Let's say that. I'm not, we're not going to name names, but you clearly are not. Do you receive any flack from that from people in Toronto, you know, people on the street, listeners, viewers, yada, yada? No, I get called a homer for the Leafs just because oh. I'm based in Toronto. I get the old, oh, yeah, you Toronto guys. Huh. I'm like, if you knew me. Like, I, don't, I do not wish the Leafs any harm. Like, I don't wish them any harm. It's not, it's not like it's, they'd be in the same boat for me as, to be honest, all 32 teams. Like, I'm a fan of players now. I honestly am. When I grew up, I was a diehard Canadiens fan. Diehard. Now, I don't wish the uh, San Jose Sharks any ill will. I, I, don't, I wish them all the success in the world, same as I would the Leafs. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's funny working in Toronto. People accuse you of being a Leafs homer all the time, which is hilarious. Uh, if you knew me when I was a kid, I wore my jockey and stuff 24-7. But, I, I mean, I just look at them, and it's just they're built the same way. And I'll give Brad Jilliving a ton of credit. He's trying to change that, like by bringing in Bertuzzi, by bringing in Reeves. Looks that did not look good last night. It looked like he hit a rut. Hmm. Uh, but they need the same thing about twenty-five other teams in the league need, and that is big, tough defensemen. Um, for years, we've stressed puck moving defensemen, puck moving defensemen. We've worked on it at the lowest levels of hockey, and we're producing great puck moving defensemen now, but. There's not a lot of Chris Tanevs out there. There's not a lot of Alex Petrangelo's out there. Eric Branch is out there, and I think that's what you need to win when it comes uh, when it comes to the spring. Kenny, just taking it uh, away from hockey, or maybe you might stick with hockey, but just uh, talk about you and your role. What, what, what do you? What sports do you love to call or to uh, break down the packages of the most? What's your favorite sport? Is it hockey, or are there others that you really enjoy? Oh yeah, I'm a hockey guy, but I love doing my base. I love baseball. I love I love golf. I love fighting, surprisingly, like boxing, MMA, stuff like that. So those would be uh, those would be my top four. Nice. So when you were growing up in Picto County, that's where it was, right? Yeah, that's right, buddy. And you said, and I guess would you? Is it fair to say you were either a Leafs fan or a Canadians fan out there? Is that how it would honestly? Be? time yeah okay. and then a lot of kids my age were Oilers fans right yeah I guess I'm in that heyday when Gretzky was coming along so there was a lot of kids who were Oilers fans there were some who were Islanders fans living off the glory but if you go back it's still mostly Toronto Montreal well those, there's mm-hmm. a lot of Pittsburgh now because of what Crosby did and there's a few Boston but my era was mostly yeah Toronto Montreal so I'm just going to take some wild stabs here for your favorite yeah. Montreal Canadian players okay. growing up. Let's like go. wild ones. Okay. And this would maybe be a little when you were a little bit older, but not quite younger. How about Stefan yeah. Richet? Buddy, you just hit it right on You're that. You're kidding. I didn't know that, Ken. I had no idea about you. Honestly, that Number was just 40. a wild guess. Number 44, you hit it right on the head. Wow. I love I didn't know that. shot. Okay. Right? And I... I actually mo- tried to model my shot after him. How he, you know, how he kind of shot off the back foot, Kev, mm-hmm. like it was like mm-hmm. a kitchen wedge. Yeah, yeah. So I tried to do that with, with not as much success. Okay. Yeah. But I am a Stefan Richer guy all the way. Absolutely, he nailed it. Number forty-four. Who Absolutely. else? Who else, Kenny? Well, with with Stefan goes course right. Mm-hmm. Two wingers, Corson and, and Richer. Uh, uh, number numero vingt number twenty seven, Mike McPhee. I was a big Mike McPhee guy because he was uh, thirty five. 
talking about our transact number 35 Michael Fee. Yeah. And we would have Ancees number 26 Matt Nasland. Matt Nasland, I was big on Matty. And you got to go uh, how about Brian Scrudland? Screwy for sure. Number enough number 39. I was just thinking <laughs> about Screwy last week. Pride of Saskatoon. Having said that, um, Gee obviously is a really young guy, but having said that, I was a kid who loved the Montreal Canadiens, but I was smart enough to know that something real special was going on while I was growing up. So there was a lot of kids. Oh, Gretzky sucks. Gretzky sucks. I'm like, are you insane? Wayne was the top of the pile for me. Like, Montreal was my team. Right, Richet was my favorite hab. But growing up, I, I was smart enough as an 8, 9, 10, 11-year-old to go, something really special is happening here. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not going to see another one of these guys for a while. So I was a Wayne guy. Oh, yeah. Talking my way. First time I met Brent Gretzky, I got asked, I said, Brent, did you move your arms on purpose when you were skating backwards and hockey my way? He's like, you're the first person to ever ask me that. I'm like, I've been waiting to ask you that for 40 years. So, yeah, I I, uh, I lived through 99. I loved it. Uh, you know, I'm going to tell you a story with Brian Scrudland. Uh, this is a true yeah. story. You can use it for your banquet when you do all your emceeing and, you know, you're making yeah. all the trips across Canada. So this is a true story back in the mid-'80s. John Perron was coach of the uh, Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. And the Canadiens were playing the New York Rangers. And Jean Perron comes in the dressing room after. This is the Brian Scrudlin telling this story from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Brian Scrudlin. And he is, Jean Perron is livid the way that the Canadians are playing against the Rangers. And he says, uh, he goes on to the fact, just kind of like this, he goes, uh, RD is terrible, RD is awful, RD not very good, da 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 Mario Trombley gets up and says, Jean, RD's pretty good. Like, you know, RD's, you know, we got like some great guys. We got like Rod, Le- you know, like Larry Robinson, Guy LaPointe, Guy, you know, uh, Serge. We got all these great players. I might have the year wrong too, but we've got, you know, RD's pretty good. And John Perron says to him, Kenny, Mario, sit down and shut up. I'm talking about Mark RD for the Rangers. Terrible D-man. <laughs> Go around that guy. <laughs> That's awesome, Mark Hardy. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, Mark R D. Yeah, I've never, I've never seen Brian Scurlin in a bad mood. He's one of those no. guys like uh, the, the old contagious smile. I'm telling you, Chusasky folk. Uh, he was a great baseball player too. Did you know that, Kenny? Was he? I didn't know that. Very I good he was on that Canadian softball team. Uh, but baseball, I don't know if he played any fastball, but he was a he was a, I think a Canadian champion in baseball. Wow. Have to check on that. No There's your new book, Kenny. Guys that played other sports that went on to be Canadian champions. Well, you know what's funny right now? I'm reading the last folk here, the Bo Jackson book that oh. uh, that uh, Jeff Perlman wrote. So that's full of interesting little factoids. You just it's just amazing. So that's what I'm reading right now. So maybe maybe Screwy was the Bo Jackson of Saskatoon. <laughs> Well, screw, uh, Bo Jackson went and did a dinner in Saskatoon and got it. I don't say trouble was the word, Kenny, but he got he went to sign some guy's card and it wasn't the right card, and he yeah, went and hunted this guy down and said, "I got to have that card back." Was it probably the one where he's got the shoulder pads on in the back? Don't know. Back, back behind him, and he's kind of flexing. I know he won't sign that one. Yeah. Did you like Bo Jackson? Oh, no, of course. Yeah, of course. How could who you didn't? Know? Right. Well, yeah. I mean, game changer. Yeah. Too short. Too short. 
He wasn't tall enough? No, the, the, the <laughs> career. The career, man. The rapper? The, the, oh, the rapper, too. West Coast, baby. Uh, uh, what's, what's on the go for you this weekend, then, Kenny? You got, are you taking Monday off, too, the Homer Simpson four-day weekend, or what? No, buddy. Going the three-day weekend. Uh, big doubleheader on uh, on uh, Saturday. We got the Don Mills Flyers under 11 taking on the Toronto Ooh. Young Nats, and we got uh, the under nine uh, Tim Hortons Timbits uh, game. So I got two games on Saturday. Hmm. Might sneak my way down to uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Toronto Maple Leafs on Saturday night because I got a cool wife who understands these things. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's about it. And a lazy Sunday. What are these yeah. minor hockey games? Tell us a little bit more about that. Where are they? No, just a little, well, a little more info. What's the what's going on? Are you coaching? What are you doing? No, no, can't coach right because work at night. Yeah. But I'm just a quiet dad. I sit up in the corner with the headphones in. I got a nice contrast going. I got my oldest guy. He's a goalie in the AAA loop here uh, in the GTHL that you always hear about. And then my youngest, it's beautiful. He plays house league. So I have the best of both worlds. I got a guy who's in as hardcore as you go and and another guy who absolutely loves it and keeps his stats on his whiteboard and updates them every week and is really enjoying his first year of hockey. So I, uh, I love being a minor hockey dad. I, I'm quiet. I like. I honestly, Kevin. I some of the guys had a dad last year. He's like, "How can you watch the game so quiet?" And I thought I have a way to treat train minor hockey dads. I'm like, well, I've been in the media for 25 years, so I'm used to watching games without cheering. So I think every minor hockey parent should have to go to one NHL game in the press box a year hmm. and learn how to watch a game without acting like a fool. And 99.9 percent of parents don't act like fools, but man, the the small faction that does, they, yeah, you know, they give love a bad name, you know. Mm. <laughs> well, Kenny, you don't give anything a bad name, baby. Thanks, buddy. I do what I can. Uh, what's up for Christmas? Are you heading out to the East Coast or just hanging around Toronto? Hang. Well, we got a place a little outside Toronto, so no, nah, not hanging around Toronto. No, nah, if I can get out of Toronto, I can get out of Toronto. So we're gonna head out for a few days, a little peace and quiet, and. uh Probably just going to sit around and, you know, read my own book. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well played. Yeah, sounds good. Hey, Kent, thanks for doing this. Uh, best of the season to you and your family. Uh, uh, have a great, uh, great holiday season. Thanks a lot. Merry Christmas, boys. Take care. Yeah, that's Ken Reed from Rogers Sportsnet and our headliner, of the day brought to you by Mr. Rooter. There's a reason they call him Mr. For all your plumbing needs, go to mrrooter.ca. Oh, boy. Milan Joshi says, uh, next time let Ken have a few more hours of sleep. <laughs> His voice is a little gravely. He's got that. Uh, the, the little, yeah. yeah I, I, I got that. Yeah, Kenny, you know, but look at that. What a trooper, you know. Oh, he, he was home a lot earlier than it's we thought. 10.30 in Eastern Canada, though. You're getting up and attacking the day by now, aren't you? Oh, I, I'm talking last night, though. Yeah. So, but, you know, he's home yeah, by 12.30, I mean. That's not uh, yeah, I think he was talking about our time. I think he would have been home at about 2, because he was still on the air at 11, our time. So that's one. Ah, uh, good right? point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who knows? Uh, when we come back, Eddie Steele, are you in or are you out? We'll see. Uh, as, and, and as Duke, if you heard, you've heard the intro now, eh? The, oh, yeah. It's a great you, intro. No, but, you know, he's got the little, are you in or are you out? You know. Uh, that's that's my voice too, Kev. I voiced that. <laughs> I threw on my uh, my femme fatale voice for oh that boy. one. <laughs> uh, that's coming up right after the break on Sports 1440. Stay with us. I know this would be an Eddie Steele 
playlist Friday request. This isn't from your top five plane? <laughs> I don't think. Well, first of all, I don't know who it is. <laughs> so I would have to know who it is to request it. But so this is your request, Eddie, I am assuming. Absolutely. Had okay. their listeners bouncing in their vehicles. Well, you just were now. just bouncing just now. Oh, yeah. Um. So how about a little tip for an old guy like myself? A hint? DMX. Oh, okay. Yeah. The bike company. <laughs> D. Oh, D. D. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just kidding, Eddie. Just kidding. Wow. Uh, so we're going to have two wild kind of musical, you know, sports intro, extras, whatever, beds as you want to call it. Because right now, Eddie, it's time for Are You In or Are You Out? We had some great times. We're about to have some more. I know that look. I'm putting together a team. Then I'm in. Just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. Are you in or are you out? On Sports 1440. I'm out. All right. Got a fresh batch on a feel-good Friday for you guys. Uh, starting with the Edmonton Oilers game last night, uh, a lot of criticism coming Stuart Skinner's way, including from himself, uh, as we heard earlier in the show, saying the loss was on him. I'm saying uh, here on this Friday morning that Stuart Skinner's ceiling for wins in a season is less than 35. That's for the rest of his life, right? Sure. Yeah, the rest of his life, uh, his rest of his career. Even play. Sure. Well, does, I thought maybe once he, he could play for the CFCW Critters or something. You they know, don't play know. enough games in a year to rack up that many dubs, unfortunately. Ooh, uh, I'm going to go. I'm out on this one. I think his 35 is just a number. I mean, what did he have last year? Do you know that off? 29. 29. So I'm going to say down the road somewhere, hopefully here, that he gets to that 35 win mark. So I'm going to say I am out on the ceiling being 35. I'm out as well. Um, I think he could eclipse that number. He's at 11 right now, and we're not just talking this season. We're talking his his career, but uh, yeah, he's at 11. He's what, 11 and 8? And yeah. there's been a few shaky starts yeah. in there, so yeah, he definitely could. You, you take out a couple bad games, and what if his record was uh, 14 and whatever? You know, so I think it's doable. The, okay. the the origin of this this statement for me comes from the fact that it be, is be, I get Stuart Skinner is still a young goaltender he's only in his second full season here but it's looking more and more obvious the more we see of him that he is not a guy who will turn in night after night consistently of top end performance and yes the Oilers are probably going to rack up a lot of wins while he is uh, in their goaltending fold but he. I think his like cap for games played in his season is probably in that 50 to 55 range. And so 35 wins you're only play- when you're only playing that many games, that's quite the accomplishment. Mm-hmm. So that, that's where the, uh, the, the essence of that one comes from for me personally. But uh, shifting gears over to the other side of last night's game, the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. And I'll, I'll clarify this by saying I had a bit of a, a typo on the sheet for you. Just one number off. Uh, <laughs> the back-to-back cup champion teams that the Lightning <laughs> yielded a few seasons ago had five first ballot oh, okay. Hall of Fame players on it. Uh, and those five for me are Nikita Kucherov, Steven Stamkos, Victor Hedman, Andre Vasilevsky, and this is kind of the uh, the wild card one, Braden 
point. It's hmm. <laughs> funny, Duke, because <laughs> I, w- with the original question, you had six on there, and I was going to go out because my number was going to be five, and it was the I wrote down the exact same five names that you wrote. So, yeah, I'm going to say that I'm going to be out or in, sorry, on the mm-hmm. number five, out on the number six. Okay. Uh, well, I am. Uh, you're say so you're in. You're saying on five. Okay. I am out. One hundred percent out on this uh, because to be a first ballot Hall of Famer doesn't happen very often anymore. There might only be one or two first ballot Hall of Famers on this list, depending on how you know how many players are up that year. The only guy I see as a first ballot guy is Steven Stamkos. Edmonds not. I uh, Vasilevsky's not. I don't see them right now. If what's better, like okay, would you have Vasilevsky ahead of all the guys that went in last year as a first ballot? But he's not up against those guys. I'm just saying we don't know who he's going to be up against. But like, but the thing is about being a goaltender is that you're a little bit more isolated. Um, and like he is the best goalie of this generation. I don't think that is up for debate okay. at all. I'm just saying that there's only one Same with number Hedman one for me. Position. Yeah, I, I, there's a lot of guys that are in Hedman's boat that aren't in the Hall of Fame either that are up for consideration. Mm-hmm. I uh, again. The key here is first ballot. That, I, that, I, I, I definitely included that um, that contingency uh, with purpose. So, like, but are you? Do you think all five will get an eventually? Because, like I said, I no. My, my I thing don't. was, I think Braden Point is kind of the outlier here. Like, I don't. He, he flies under the radar, but like his so far in his career, his statistics his numbers back are huge. up the thing. And the only thing he really lacks is individual awards. But at the same time, like. Once again, you're playing in an era where it's really hard to win individual awards because you have generational talents around you in the likes of Connor McDavid, mm-hmm. Austin Matthews, and company. Uh, Nikita Kucherov isn't a 100% Hall of Fame player for me right now. But if he continues when he is do when he is he's done got 780 career points. So let's just say he plays another three years, so he gets to a thousand. There again, yeah, let's there's you, plenty of a thousand. There's a lot of thousand, There's a lot of guys again. Mm-hmm. How many of them have three Stanley Cup or two Stanley mm-hmm. Cups? Pardon me. Mm-hmm. Well, and and an Art Ross Trophy. I get it, MVP. Duke. I'm just saying for first ballot guys, these guys are. I I I'm just saying I'm out on it. So I'm out. Another uh, storyline from last night that made waves on the interweb. Uh, Jordan Cairo, an emotional post-game interview. Despite the fact St. Louis won, getting booed by the hometown St. Louis fans after his comments, uh, saying that he didn't have much to say about Craig Berube following his follow, uh, firing as he was no longer his coach. Uh, I'm saying that this type of emotion shown should be encouraged in pro sports, not discouraged or ridiculed. 100% in, uh, especially in the game of hockey. It's so robotic in their their interviews, their answers uh, with the media. I love the emotion. I love when players get real. It gives us something to talk about, but it gives the uh, listeners, the viewers, just an insight that these people are actual humans and they have emotions just like you do in your everyday job or sitting at home or dealing with your kids. And I love seeing real passion and real answers. I guess I'm in. I don't, I'm kind of indifferent to this, but I'll be in just because I know people will be all over me if I'm not. I wanted to see a little more waterworks, to be honest with you. Like, let's get let's be let's get to the Terrell Owens. That's my quarterback. Like, let's get to that stage <laughs> yeah, here. Then, yeah. you know, yeah, I love it. I love when you see uh, humans being humans. 
All right, uh, we couldn't go the whole show without uh, at least touching a few more minutes on last night's Thursday night football game. The LA Chargers get their doors blown off by the Raiders in Easton Sticks first start uh, with Mike Williams' injury history and uh, his and Keenan Allen's uncertainty with the franchise moving forward. Uh, I'm saying the LA Chargers are capable of returning to the playoffs in the future with Quinton Johnston and Josh Palmer as the team's number one and two wide receivers. Mike Williams, he's out of the picture. It's uh, it's because of money owed and things. There's a good chance that okay. he will be uh, cut loose. I mean, he could be back, but uh, once again, injury history. Like, he mm-hmm. has he played a full season? No, no, no. He's banged up. He's, pretty he's regularly. constantly banged up. But the talent's all there. I, I have a long time Mike Williams believer, owner in fantasy and stuff. But um, at a certain point, the Chargers need players that can be on the field. I'm out on this one. Uh, to me, Josh Palmer, he's a number two. I don't see Quinton Johnson being a number one. I don't think they can get to the playoffs if it's that's their two horses they have at wide out. Quinton Johnson, he was TCU, right? Correct. Uh, I'm going to go I'm out as well. And I, I, I agree. I, I thought, and we're just assuming Keenan Allen's done. I think he has an option. At, like His contract is up. I think he has uh, one more year, but he can opt out. Once again, it's a matter of like where do you want to spend your money as a team if you're looking for a quick reload and trying to turn things around and her new head coach wants fresh faces. If they pick in the top five, like is, mm-hmm. it's not out of the realm of possibility that Marvin Harrison Jr. could be there uh, to bring in as your new top wide receiver. But once again, running the... It, this is There's several assumptions on this one that Allen and Williams are out, whether mm-hmm. it be next year or a year after maybe, but... I'm I'm out. Yeah, yeah, so I'm out. All right, and finally, once again, steering away from the world of sports on our Friday show. Uh, this day in 1966, Walt Disney passing away at the age of 65. Lots of films, animated, live action, action, comedy, you name it, in the Disney world, uh, the Disney universe, if you want to call it, which actually now includes all the superhero ones too. But uh, going back to its roots, the animated films of the 90s, the best soundtracks to ever come from t- uh, from film. I'm saying Tarzan. Curated by Philadelphia Collins had the best soundtrack of any Disney film. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> okay, and yeah, I'll what go with it? The Lion King. Oh, good one. Okay, good one. I that's think I think that's a close semi close second. second. Okay. okay, I'm gonna be out too, and I'm gonna go with Moana. You guys ever oh, watch yeah, Moana? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, there's a lot of catchy the rocks tunes in there. Isn't Hell it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. My my long lost oh. brother. Ah, uh, yeah. You guys are <laughs> twins. <laughs> I've been yeah. told. Does he got a few a few uh, inches in the height department on uh, you, Eddie? Just you slightly, but I got a few inches on you, Duke. <laughs> Do you know what? What if? Could you imagine if someone like Wally Buono would have said to you back in the day, Eddie, don't play in the CFL, go be a movie star? Jeez. Hey, <laughs> well, look, you wouldn't be here today, would you? <laughs> What do you mean well, he could still be well, here? Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> he gets cut, right? Cut from yeah. Calgary only to go on and be one of the, probably the, the most successful uh, actor out there. Yeah. And what do, you, what do you mean, Kev? We got a movie star on this station. Terry Ryan. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. True, true. Just, just wrapped uh, filming season three of Shorzy. Yeah. Um, I'm just getting berated on the text line here. For uh, good reason, in my opinion, Kevin. Uh, what, hey, what is it? I can't oh, see. Okay, Everyone's well, saying everyone, that his takes on the Tampa Bay uh, player is not I, being... This is, the question ooh. is a first ballot Hall of Famer. That's the question. First th- ballot. Hey, I think Victor Hedman is a skating first okay. ballot as we speak. My opinion is on, the only first ballot Hall of Famer is Steven Stamkos. That's it. That's my just first ballot. Yeah, first ballot's tough. Yeah. It is tough. It's very it's a rarity. It's it is a, a rarity. It's a rarity. That's yep. the question. So everyone, get off my arse. Holy cow. 
Um, hey, thanks, uh, Eddie, for coming in again. Eddie Steele, of course, brought to you by Bonton Bakery. His appearance every Friday from 7 to 9. Did you know that Bonton Bakery's long fermentation sourdough breads are not only delicious, but they're also good for digestion and are a diabetes-friendly alternative? Check out their full lineup of bread in-store or order online at Bonton. Are you going to slip by there, Eddie, on the way home? Actually, I definitely am. Are you really? See you soon. I picked up a nice loaf of rye bread the other day. Oh, nice. The dark rye. You know, I usually go with the light rye. I went dark this time. You like it? I Yeah. You know, I, I hate to say it. I, I cut the ends off right away because I don't get it sliced. Cut the ends off. A nice little base cell margarine, mm-hmm. like light. I use the light. Just, that's what I love. That's yeah. how you stay looking like that. Just thin, eh? You know, just a temple. <laughs> uh, what's on the go this weekend for you, Eddie? Uh, family coming in town. Daughter's birthday on Sunday, so she turns four. So uh, birthday party, we're going bowling and, mm-hmm. yeah, just hanging with the family, being with the kids and, mm, yeah, bowling. typical. Uh, five pinner? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. It's hard. You, yeah. You've seen my kids. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> everyone loves the five. You know, they put the bumpers up still probably? Uh, yeah, we do. Yeah. And to be honest, I personally prefer the five pin too because mm. football has mangled my fingers, so I can't get, get them to, in the holes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good show. Uh, I've got a joke to tell you after we go to commercial break, Eddie. Uh, when we come back, top of the hour, we will uh, check in with uh, Mark Long. Associated Press covers the Jacksonville Jaguars. Before that, time now for a sports uh, 1440 update brought to you by Snow Valley Ski Club. It's now open for the season. Uh, be sure to support your local ski and snowboard shop and then get ready to ride the valley. Uh, visit snowvalley.ca today. Here is the Duke.